Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we usually take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. But today is a bit different. We're going to spend about five minutes with Axios political reporter Elena Treen on the growing gender gap in American politics. And no, I'm not really talking about voting splits here so much with women generally preferring Democrats and Republicans generally preferring men. Instead, it's really how those splits are now translating into a gender division within actual party leadership. Elena, thank you for joining us. So I don't want to overstate this. Obviously, the vast majority of Congress people, even after this record midterm, are men. But it does seem that, at least on the Democratic side, we're seeing a change in the sorts of leadership roles women are filling, and namely that they're filling more of them. Exactly. And I think it's it's a great sign of what had happened in 2018, because I think a big concern was that despite a record number of women winning in their election races this year, as well as will be serving in Congress in 2019, it was unclear. There, A lot of these women were very young and they're going to be new to Congress. And so it was unclear whether or how many people would be pushed into leadership roles. But I think that the wave of women and everyone's saying 2018 was the year of the woman, they're seeing an intense pressure, at least Congress is, to put women not only into Congress, but to fill them into these leadership roles. And I think it's a very encouraging sign for what we can expect of the year to come. And with those leadership roles, I mean, they've been interesting, right? Because, I mean, for example, you now have, is, I don't know if it's for the first time ever, a woman who's now going to lead the so-called Blue Dog Caucus, which is kind of the, the more conservative Democrats. Exactly. It's the first time, well, a woman of color for the first time in okay. its 23-year history. And that's another sign of what we saw in the 2018 midterm elections. It wasn't just women, but minorities and minority women. And I think that that's another big push to see not just women in general, but women of color to be put into these roles as well. Um, and we look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So she's someone who has really taken the progressive left by storm and has become this image of what to expect. And I think that what we'll see now is especially an important thing to note is that Republicans, I think, are actually lacking on this side. So Democrats, while they're being very progressive in putting women and women of color into these leadership roles, we're not really seeing that from Republicans. And I think that as especially 2020 election buzz begins to ramp up, they're going to have to look for ways to empower women in the way that Democrats are. From an electoral perspective, when you say that, how much does that matter? And, and I guess here's what I mean, which is most people probably know who the Speaker of the House is or who, who it isn't. But after that, the average voter probably doesn't know you know, who's leading this caucus or who's leading that caucus, even a fairly informed voter probably doesn't know those things. If it doesn't matter for that, is it more for policy reasons? Why in the end for Republicans should they be concerned about this? Well, one big thing is the share of female voters. And I think that it is from a policy perspective, for sure. Some studies have shown that women, at least from a policy perspective, seem to be a little bit more bipartisan when it comes to certain policy efforts and that they almost may be able to get some more things done. But I think that for voters to see women in leadership roles. And like you said, they may not know exactly what leadership positions that they're filling or what caucuses they're representing, but to have powerful female voices leading the conversation, driving the conversation ahead of 2020, if you're seeing a lot of that only from the Democratic side and not the Republican side, that could only further exacerbate the gender gap that we've seen between both parties. And that's something that the Trump administration, I know, has had a lot of issues with. They've been trying to especially female voters in the suburbs and different areas of rural America and as well as, of course, the coast 
they're going to want to keep some sort of share of the female vote as we head into 2020. And I think that women are very excited about other women leading in these roles. And if Republicans aren't able to prove that as well, that could prove to be more of a detriment to them come 2020. You talked about how a lot of the new guard have been able to become both kind of public face, but also have been able to move into some of these roles. And, and so many of the newly elected Congress people were women. Is there concern might be the wrong word, but you know, you, you often see when you get a new group that comes in and we saw this with Republicans years ago. And granted, that was more Tea Party. So that there was a lot of philosophical differences with kind of more mainstream Republicans. But there's often for somebody who's been in Congress, regardless of gender for 10 years, 15 years, you know, 20 years, if not resentment, maybe a little resentment. The wait a minute, I'm, I've been here. I've put in my dues. Why am I getting leapfrogged here? Do you foresee any sort of fissure like that between kind of the newcomers, also many of whom are more liberal on policy? It's hard to say what will happen. I think that there definitely probably will be some sort of power dynamic play out as well as seniority. But I think that with what has happened this year, especially if we look at the Me Too movement and we've seen, like I've, we've said, the surge of women winning in the 2018 midterms races, I think that people, and especially people who have been lawmakers who've been around for years, are recognizing that there's some sort of reckoning going on in our country and they have to embrace that. And I think a lot of people are very sensitive to the idea of stepping on certain people's power, especially when it comes to minorities, which includes women as well as racial minorities and diversity issues. I think that Congress recognizes they have a problem there and they're trying to fix it. So hopefully those issues and those inner politics that's playing out in Congress will help kind of ease some of those concerns and uh, make it so that women aren't really feeling shunted or seniority people who have been there and males and others uh, don't feel shunted as well. Two final questions for you. One is obviously Nancy Pelosi is going to become Speaker of the House after a kind of a, an, a failed coup, if you will. And during the failed coup, there was kind of allegations that there was opposition to her within Democrats because of sexism. Some said because of ageism, some just out of boredom with the same person doing it. A little bit of everything. What do you chalk it up to? And I guess I ask it in the contrast to how there seems to have been no movement to dump Chuck Schumer as minority leader in the Senate, even though he has lost floor votes, unlike Pelosi in the past. And he's the one who did lose seats. Right. It is interesting. Interesting to see how Nancy Pelosi has gotten all the heat and Chuck Schumer, Senator Chuck Schumer, hasn't really as much, if not at all. I think it really does come down to, though, that the House was very clear from the start, appearing like it would be some sort of blue wave, blue ripple, or at least taking back power and taking back that majority. And so I think that's why Nancy Pelosi has gotten more of the heat there. And I think that if we do look at some of the progressives that we've been discussing uh, throughout this podcast, a lot of those people are the ones who are pushing Nancy Pelosi to step down, to, you know, open up to a younger leader who's changing. Like they see that the Democratic Party is changing and they wanted someone who's more representative of that. But at the same time, I think something that she has that a lot of others don't is she is incredibly experienced. And this is going to be a very interesting time in the House, given the investigative powers that they have now over President Trump. And I think that having someone with the experience and the veracity of Nancy Pelosi is something that a lot of Democrats recognize would be an asset more than a liability. And you mentioned Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who it seems very cleverly did not join the anti-Pelosi forces. She, she didn't take a huge you know stand in favor of Pelosi per se publicly, but she didn't go on the other side. Probably helps her internally going forward. Elena Trine, Axios Political Report. Thank you so much. And uh, we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great International Ninja Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.